from WXOJLP Northampton, 103.3 FM, your Valley Free Radio Station. Welcome. I'm Warren Odestulet, and this is A Baha'i Perspective. Welcome to A Baha'i Perspective. I recorded an interview with Ramin Yazari on June 3, 2019. Ramin is a singer-songwriter who puts the Baha'i scriptures to music in various musical genres. You can find his music on Bandcamp and on his Facebook page, Ramin Yazari Music. We feature seven songs in the interview. I started the interview by asking Ramin where he grew up and what was religious life like growing up. I was born in Oregon, which is where I live now. I lived there through elementary school and then moved to the east coast of the U.S. in New Jersey for junior high and high school. I grew up with parents who were Baha'is, and so I grew up in the Baha'i faith. My experience was probably similar to other Baha'i children in the U.S. at that time, which is you didn't have too many Baha'is living around you. We had some, and so you would kind of travel to go to a small Sunday class as a child. Actually, in the Portland area where I lived, there was actually quite a large metro area Baha'i school um, when I was growing up. And then when I moved to New Jersey, it was a smaller class. So that was some of my community education. For me, it was a part of family life and in a not in a pressureful way, but just in just this kind of spirit that permeated the household. And then as I got into junior high, especially in high school, came into contact with some older youth who really got me interested in the faith as kind of my own person and fell in love with it and fell in love with the Baha'i sacred writings and teachings and just all of it and just really really, really fell in love with the faith on my own and and was inspired also by some of these wonderful people that I met who were just, in retrospect, probably only three, five, seven years older than me. But that's just the perfect age difference to really say, oh, this is the model of how I want to live my life and the vision I want for my life. So it was really a wonderful spiritual upbringing. And my parents, I look back and at all the ways that kind of they subtly not pressurefully, but brought me to things and really inconvenienced themselves so we could attend summer schools or conferences or just even traveling half an hour to a Sunday class that has three students in it and going every week. And now that I'm a parent, I understand or have sympathized with the effort that they put in and really appreciate it more and more with time. You touched on it a little bit, and often I'll ask interviewees that grew up in the Baha'i faith. As you know, one of the tenets of the Baha'i faith is the independent investigation of truth. And at some point, as you've described in your adolescent years, maybe you could elaborate a little bit on that process that took you from being part of a family that had the same faith to going on your own spiritual journey as an individual, as a Baha'i. Yeah, I think it's hard to identify any specific moment, obviously. It's a gradual process. I guess for some people, there are kind of epiphanies that happen. The closest thing to that for me was, as a child, I really loved math. I mean, I still love math and numbers. There was one of these 
Sunday classes that I went to. That particular week, I was the only student that showed up and the teacher didn't show up. <laughs> so it was just me at the household of this very nice woman who hosted it. And I don't know if there was a mix up that week or what it was. But so her oldest son, who was maybe five, six, seven years older than me, said, well, do you want to go over some aspect of the Baha'i teachings? And I said, yeah, sure. And so he had gotten interested in, there's a book called Some Answered Questions, which is table talk discussions of Abdu'l-Baha, who's the son of the prophet founder of the Baha'i faith, table talk discussions that he had with American woman who's a Baha'i, but whose background was Christian, I'm sure, before she became a Baha'i, and so was asking him to discuss various chapters in the Bible, and particularly related to numerical proofs. And so he was going through some of these numerical proofs of the coming of different religions and significant dates in religious history. So this is something that's, I think, known to people of different faiths. The year 1844, which is the year 1260 on the Muslim calendar, was this time of millennial expectation. And so a lot of people had kind of found this date or this year in the Bible or in the Quran or in traditions and had been expecting the coming of a new day of God and the new age. But I had been unaware of, I had never read this chapter and I had been unaware of of any of these things. And 1844, of course, is the year that the Baha'i faith began. So this youth went through some of these chapters with me I was just kind of blown away by the beauty and elegance of some of the numbers. It's not unique to the Baha'i teachings, but the exposition of it was so fluid and beautiful and pointed to this year that was significant across multiple religions. I think before that, I wouldn't have said, I don't believe in God, but I don't know that I ever thought there was ever any mathematical. <laughs> I think because it involved numbers, it somehow had this concreteness to it that at the time when I was in seventh or eighth grade just really appealed to me. And I thought, oh, wow, maybe there's this is actually a demonstrably provable thing that religion and God exist and are true. And I remember that particular session as being the beginning of an exploration. And then really, I fell in love after that with the writings of Baha'u'llah, the prophet founder of the faith, and then all of the other Baha'i sacred writings. What's interesting is to think back, I don't know that that would appeal to me at all if I were an adult encountering the Baha'i faith or growing up as someone who was trying to be a good person but maybe of no religious background. I think I probably wouldn't be attracted to something like these numerical proofs from the Bible or the Quran. I don't know that that would be, have appealed to me in my adult life or maybe even in later youth. But at that particular moment, it was just what I needed to intrigue me and then became the impetus for more exploration and then just fell in love with all of the rest of it over time, too. So I'm speaking with Ramin Yazari, a musician who has produced CDs, and we're going to feature his music shortly in the interview. But first, Ramin, I'd like to ask you, when did music start entering into your life? Yeah, from the very beginning. I come from a very musical, immediate and extended family. My grandmother was a music composition. I think her master's is in music composition. And she was a composer herself and piano teacher and then a church organist for I want to say 30 years, it could be longer than that. From her side of the family, I think there's just this whole musical inclination that permeates everyone in my extended family. My mom's a piano teacher, and my sister is a piano flute voice teacher. I have 
various cousins who have gone into music professionally and in other ways. I don't know if my dad would say that he's the source of his kids' musical interest, but he did play accordion in a children's accordion band in Tehran when he grew up. So <laughs> I think he gets at least some credit, at least just for, for the fact that he was in the children's accordion band that was on Iranian TV when he, in the 19-whatever-50s. So <laughs> we have an accordion still that occasionally we will get out and he'll play the two songs he remembers from his childhood. So anyway, a lot of music in the family grew up playing piano and taking piano lessons got interested in composing maybe late elementary school just personally and then was very very interested in all kinds of music popular music i was interested in catchy songs and listening to the radio later picked up guitar in high school just because it was cooler instrument maybe piano i think piano is just as cool now but at the time maybe it seemed like it had a little extra cachet or cool and so i picked that up when i was in a band in high school yeah and then just have continued trying to make it a big part of my life uh, ever since i'm speaking with ramin yazari musician who's put together cds and we're going to feature some of his music. I asked Ramin to pick seven songs that he'd like to be featured on the interview. And the first one is called Ornament, which I assume comes from this, your CD, Ornament. Is that correct? The amount of volume of music I've been able to put out there. Seven different, I guess, releases, you could say. And Ornament's actually just a single that I released um, earlier this year and is intended to be part of an album, other songs of which I'm working on right now and that are in various stages of recording. Um, All right. So let me ask you this then, Rami. So the four CDs that I see on Nine Star Media are Creation, Long Journey, Rejoice, and this newborn child. Are those CDs? They are. They're all EPs or singles. So they just have various number of songs on them. So Ornaments, a single, and Creation is a single. And then this newborn child has a couple of other songs on it. Rejoice has six songs on it. Long Journey has five. And then there's a few on Bandcamp that aren't on Nine Star Media, too. All right. So tell us about Ornament. Yeah, so Ornament is a song that is intended to be part of an album of songs that are excerpts from fairly well-known prayer in the Baha'i prayer book that's for an occasion called Noruz, which for those of your listeners who don't know what Noruz is, it's actually probably most famous as a Persian holiday, which is the New Year. It's also the Baha'i calendar's New Year. Particularly significantly for Baha'is, it is the end of a period of fasting that happens once a year. Uh, roughly March 2nd to March 20th is a period of uh, fasting that happens every year. And then March 21st or wherever the first day of spring happens to fall is Nowruz. It's a celebration of this new year and the first day of spring. And it's also you know, a celebration of the end of this fasting period. And so what I found over time, so I've been fasting since I was 15. That's when the Baha'i law of fasting applies if you're able to fast. And so I've been fasting since 15, and what I have found is that I reach the Noru's feeling differently at the end of each fast. So sometimes happy and joyful, and then sometimes if it's a maybe a arduous period of fasting, tired or serene or pensive. And I think it just has to do with what that year has been like or what that period of fasting is or where you are at in your life. And so that prayer, which is a pretty short 
prayer, it's just about two pages long in the prayer book, has different sentences that might strike you any given year and might resonate with how you're feeling. And so what I decided to do some number of years ago is just try to put some of the passages from that to music in a style or with a feeling uh, related to how I was feeling that at the end of that particular fasting period. And it's often during the fast or as, as nerves is approaching that I'm thinking what's resonating and then how could I put this to music. So Ornament is one of those songs. And then an upcoming album that I'm working on right now is a number of the other songs that I've done. And all the words for this album will just be different passages from this short Norus prayer set to music. So yeah, so this one was just released earlier this year. I would say this one feels special for me for a couple of reasons. One is that my daughter sings on it with me in the second half of the song. And and the song kind of has this steady beat and slow build. And it feels like my experience of fasting is at this point in my life. I've been doing it now for since I was 15 years old, as I said. And one of the cool things about I don't know what your experience has been with the period of fasting, but one of the things I didn't anticipate until maybe the last five years or 10 years is that because I've been doing this for since that age, I have this thing I've been doing every year for the last so many years, and I can actually go back to various points in my life and remember what it feels like to have fasted, where I was living, what it felt like to be fasting at that time period, at that age. And I thought, gosh, what a hidden gift. How many things are we doing the same thing every single year throughout this whole long period of our life? And you actually have access to your younger self in some ways. The kind of steady beat of this song makes me feel of this like almost as fast as this rhythm daily during this period of fasting, but also then in your life each year. And then as my daughter's coming in in the second half of the song, and and she was 15 when she recorded the vocals for this song, it feels like, oh, it's this kind of joining in of this next generation doing this beautiful spiritual exercise and discipline. And then it kind of fades out and then, you know, as if it's going into the future. And so it's actually very moving for me. I mean, anything that involves your children and, you know, it ends up being more moving to you. But just thinking about the arc of this song as being kind of like the arc of life with this spiritual discipline that now is so special for me and, you know, my wife to have her uh, joining with us in this and getting up in the mornings and doing it. So it was a really special experience um, these last couple of years that she's been doing this with us. So this is called Ornament. Oh, 
The doings of men are all dependent For the doings of men are all dependent For the doings of men are all dependent Upon thy good pleasure So I'm speaking with Ramin Yazari, musician, and we were just listening to his song, Ornament, which features his daughter on the song. Now, the second song you had selected, Ramin, was The Heavenly Nightingale. Why don't you tell us about that one? So all of the songs I think that you're going to play if list stays the same are by sacred writing set to music. I do like writing songs with my own words, but I've just been drawn more to the challenge of trying to set these sacred words to music. And I think devotional music poses a, a lot of interesting creative challenges. So there's the challenge of trying to just make the music interesting in and of itself, while at the same time creating a befitting setting of these words that are so special to so many people. So that's the challenge. How do you show respect to the words? And then what style do you choose? And how do you do that with music that's compelling in and of itself? And then how do you try to create music that's maybe accessible to the widest possible audience? Because these words are spirit-filled and you want to give them a befitting 
setting so that it's accessible to different sensibilities. And I often will try to choose passages that would be inspiring or interesting to someone of any faith background or just people who consider themselves spiritual or not of any particular religion. So I think it's successful if you can do that. I mean, I mean, so many of the Baha'i teachings are focused on the oneness of humanity and, and consorting with the followers of all religions in a spirit of friendliness and fellowship. I mean, that's the essence of the work of a Baha'i and the spirit of living a Baha'i life. And so I think you want your music to for sure reflect that. So this particular song the Heavenly Nightingale came from a passage, a short, it's called a tablet, and that's the word that was used for a sacred passage, or sometimes it's a letter, sometimes it's a, almost it seems like a commentary, but it's the word that's used in the Baha'i sacred writings for kind of a weighty passage written by Baha'u'llah. And so this is from a tablet that actually relates to the birth of Baha'u'llah. And so we had a really special occasion in the Baha'i world not too long ago, which was the bicentenary or the 200th anniversary of the birth of Baha'u'llah. So he was born in 1817, so it was 2017. And so I wanted to try to get a few songs out there in honor of this. And so this was one of these songs. It's it's some passages that are about the significance of this month in which the prophet founder of the faith was born. And Yeah, just trying to capture some of the essence of that tablet in a song. The interesting thing about this song, I mean, different than Ornament, which you just played, people have different interpretations of what music sounds like, but I would say pop rock sound. There's drums and electric guitars and acoustic guitar and singing. That's an interesting challenge. How do you do that in the right way? It's not somber, but the occasion is joy-filled, and so hopefully you capture that in the style of music, right? I tried to. So this is called The Heavenly Nightingale. This is the month wherein was born He who beareth the most great name This is the month wherein paradise itself Was decked forth with the splendors Of the countenance of its Lord the all-merciful, the all-merciful, the all-merciful and the heavenly nightingale warbled its melody and the hearts of the favored ones were filled with rapture.
So I'm speaking with Ramin Yazari, musician who's produced a number of musical compositions, and he is featuring compositions that he's made that puts the sacred writings of the Baha'i faith into music. And the last piece we just heard was called The Heavenly Nightingale. And the next piece that you selected, Ramin, is called Creation. So why don't you tell us about that one? Creation is another passage related to one of the Baha'i holidays. So the the last song was related to the holiday that's the um, commemorating the birth of Baha'u'llah. And this is one from a passage related to a festival in the Baha'i faith called Rezvan, which marks the public declaration of Baha'u'llah of his prophethood. And so that's the significance and background of this religious holiday. And it happened in a garden that's called the Garden of Rizwan, which means paradise. And so this 12-day festival when this occurred is called the Festival of Rizwan. And it's actually the holiest of holidays for Baha'is. So there's this really amazing book of mostly newly translated Baha'i writings that came out a couple of years ago. It's called Days of Remembrance. And they're all passages that have been for the most part, newly translated, related to all of these Baha'i holidays that happen throughout the year. And when this volume arrived, I was really just blown away by it. There's so many beautiful passages. The passage from The Heavenly Nightingale was taken from is from the very last section of that book. And then the words of creation are also taken from one of these passages in the section for the Rezvan holidays. This book is just a treasure trove of beauty and majesty and poetry and rhythms that are crying out to be set to music. I mean, some of these really amazing mystical poetic passages have repeating refrains that are just calling out to be set to music appropriately. So I think it represents for musicians who are inspired by the Baha'i writings and the Baha'i faith, it represents this, I really think, creative challenge for the next many, many years and probably centuries of how do we take these amazing writings and set them to music in different ways. One of the most inspiring things, I mean, having grown up as a Baha'i, and it's a relatively young faith, and so, you know, we have this really incredible experience of having these passages that nobody's read before in English or that the most of the world hasn't read before. So for us, it's this new discovery, this new experience, just a huge source of inspiration, both spiritually, but also creatively and musically. I've tried to read through this book just over the course of the year as the different holidays pass. And then as passages strike me, I think, oh, that would be great set to music, or let me put this aside, or I might just record something a cappella into my phone as a voice memo, trying to capture maybe an internal rhyme in a sentence, or this sentence has to be put to music by somebody. And and a lot of people are doing really wonderful work doing exactly that. It's really fun to put in my attempts and kind of put them out there too. So specifically, creation is a passage that's set to music. And then we actually had a commemoration and I was asked to provide music in our just local Baha'i community. This happened to be 
last summer when I was just had all of these amazing musicians surrounding me. Kelly Snook, who is one of the producers that I work with for some of my music. And then Luke Slot, who is a really well-known musician who's who also has just done some amazing work setting by writings to music. And then another really wonderful musician, Yossi Mespa, um, who also has great music out there. It just happened to be that Luke and Kelly were willing to sing with me and learn this song with, I think it was about six hours notice before the commemoration, but I said, hey, if you want to practice this and let's see if we can bring it to this and contribute it to this program. So we did that and liked how it turned out. I sing on some of my songs, but I love bringing in other voices too. And so for this one, actually, Luke is the lead vocal and Kelly is the first harmony vocal and then Yossi's voice comes in. And then I kind of wanted to just be a part of things so much. So I just snuck in a little bit of harmony vocal at the very end with me involved just because I didn't want to be left behind by all these wonderful people. (laughs) I wanted to be a part of the choir in addition to playing piano on it. So that's kind of where this particular recording came from. And, And all of their voices are just wonderful. I just love how they sound on this piece. So this is called Creation. What hath become of the creation And the manifestations thereof What are the names in their kingdom Whither are gone all created Whether seen or unseen, whether seen or unseen, what are the hidden secrets? Lo, the entire creation hath passed away, lo, the creation hath passed away. Your 
So I'm speaking with Ramin Yazari, a musician who is featuring songs that he's created using the sacred writings of the Baha'i faith as the lyrical portion of these musical compositions. And he just played his musical composition, Creation, which he had collaborated with a number of other musicians that he talked about the introduction of the song. So the next song that you selected for featuring is a song called Oh Son of the Supreme. So why don't you tell us about that one, Ramin? Yeah, well, I had my daughter singing on two of the songs that you've played, and I thought, well, let me make sure that I bring my son in, too. This is actually quite an older recording. This is from about 10 years ago, and my son's uh, 10 years old when we recorded this. You know, one of the other volumes that has been the most inspiring to me in terms of musically is is a small volume that's called The Hidden Words, also written by Baha'u'llah. And it's this collection of 153 short proverbs isn't exactly the word, but they're just these short passages that are in the voice of the divine speaking to either human being or humanity or a portion of humanity or even sometimes like a portion of what it is to be human and that's so it's it's actually the voice of the divine speaking in these passages so my son and i my son is very musical and so he was interested in being a part of setting one of these passages from the hidden words to music and so we just sat down with a guitar and then he actually sings both lead vocal and harmony on this little piece. So this is actually from just a little EP of demo songs that I put out there. But the interesting thing about music recordings, I think there's a place for all of it. So there's a place for the perfectly polished, put everything into getting every single note and syllable perfect recordings. And that takes a lot of time and resources to really get it up to that level. I love that kind of music, obviously. I also love sometimes just simple rough demo quality music that is heartfelt. And I feel like this particular song captured a sweetness in my son's voice, singing this song about, it's a passage about turning from the transient things of the world and turning to the permanence of the spiritual things. And to have this boy's voice singing it was just so affecting. And so I can't imagine ever redoing it with better mics because we just recorded this, I think, in my living room. You would never recapture kind of the sweetness of that. And so it's a special little song for me. So this is O Son of the Supreme. Eternal I call thee 
Speaking with Ramin Yasari, musician who is featuring music that he has composed using the writings of the Baha'i Faith as the lyrics to these songs. And we've just uh, listened to O Son of the Supreme, which is a song. The lyrics come from a book by Baha'u'llah called The Hidden Words. Ramin, the next song that you selected is called This Newborn Child. So why don't you tell us about that one? So This Newborn Child is a song that I worked on with a couple of good friends of mine. So the book that I was referring to earlier, Days of Remembrance, before that entire volume came out, there were a few passages that were translated and put out into the world for Baha'is to use for the commemoration of the birth of Baha'u'llah. And so I think it was 2015 that we got just a few of these new translated writings. And so actually the very same short three-paragraph passage that the words for the song that you played earlier, The Heavenly Nightingale, came from. These words for this song, This Newborn Child, come from that same, just different parts of that same tablet. So it's an amazing passage about the significance of the birth of a prophet or the coming of a new spirit into the world, and it reflects on the spiritual significance of that. Kind of like I was talking about with the Naru's prayer, I probably have now four or five songs that I've created, a couple of which I've recorded from just this short three-paragraph passage about related to the birth of Baha'u'llah. And what I like about that, you tell me your experience, Warren, but sometimes if you're at a commemoration or devotional in the Baha'i community, sometimes you can have a long passage that's read as part of the devotional program. And this is my confession, but sometimes you can, your mind can wander if it's too long, <laughs> even though you love it, even though it's, but they're so majestic. It's such rich food that it's hard to maybe a future civilization where the mind is more honed and trained. We can just take it all in you know, like the, I don't know, the audiences of Shakespeare of, of the past, but in our frenetic society, I think our attention span maybe is less. So one of the benefits to me of having just sacred writing set to music in general, but also sentences or phrases from 
the same passage set to music is that when you're hearing that in the context of a devotional gathering, which is a big part of Baha'i community life, when you hear those words and you've heard the song a bunch of times, they just pop out. I feel like a great example, there's lots of great examples of that, but the song that's on the CD that's called Badashed, Volume 1, that's this song by Eric Dozier and J.B. Eccle, that's called He Maketh Victorious. First of all, it's a wonderful, wonderful song, and then it's just this short passage from this prayer for protection in the Baha'i prayer book. I kind of recognized the words when I first heard the song, but then when I actually came across that prayer in the context of a devotional gathering and those words were said as a sentence in this prayer, they just pop out. And so it carries you along in this experience of devotion. So what I hope to do is, I think if you can do it well, these words connect the listener if then listens to, then those words, they have a relationship with them. And then when they hear those words, or read those words in the context of one of these passages of sacred writings, the goal is that it enhances it. it you know, they pop out and it carries you along in the experience. So that's what I hope they do, among other things. So this is called This Newborn Child. dominion belongeth to this newborn child through whom the face of creation hath been wreathed in smiles dominion belongeth to this newborn child through whom the face of creation hath been wreathed in smiles and the trees have swayed and the oceans have surged and the mountains have taken flight all dominion belongeth to this newborn child face of creation hath been wreathed in smiles and the trees have swayed and the oceans have surged and the mountains have taken flight and the trees have swayed and the oceans have surged and the mountains have taken flight
Praise be to Thee, O my merciful Lord, for remembering me. I bear witness that Thou art potent to do as Thou pleasest. No God is there but Thee. Praise be to Thee, O my merciful Lord, for remembering me. I bear witness that Thou art potent to do as Thou pleasest. No God is there but Thee. And the tree Praise be to Thee, my Speaking with Ramin Yazari, musician who's produced a number of musical pieces, and the ones that we're featuring are ones that he put the Baha'i sacred writings to music. And the last selection we just heard was called This Newborn Child. The next one that you selected is called How Wondrous. So, why don't you tell us about that one, Ramin? In the same holiday commemoration that I gave my friends Luke and Kelly six hours to learn a song for the program. I gave another of my friends, Liz Lockmar, a local Baha'i who's also a musician and has a beautiful voice. I gave her a much longer time to learn this song, 24 hours, I think it was. And I sent her a voice memo of this just short a cappella piece that's also from a passage related to the Baha'i holiday commemorating this festival of Rizvan. It's from a really 
amazing, poetic, mystical passage that's called The Tablet of the Wondrous Maiden. And so that's actually been set to music unabridged recently, just released in November by Luke Slott, my friend, who sang on Creation, who did a really amazing job of setting the entire tablet to music. So the passage you're going to hear that Liz sings is just a cappella, and it's just four lines. So it's just a short little piece, but her voice is so beautiful. I think there's a, an ethereal beauty and intimacy to the way that she sings this passage. And she sang it so beautifully at that program. And I just said, we have to get you in the studio and capture that. So this is her singing this passage set to music called How Wondrous. The maiden of eternity unveiled her face. May her wondrous beauty be exalted indeed. Shedding forth from earth to heaven its resplendent rays. How wondrous a light, how wondrous indeed. A lightning glance she cast, as piercing as a shooting star. How wondrous her glance, how wondrous indeed. A glance consuming every name and every title in its flames. How wondrous a feat, how wondrous indeed. How wondrous a feat, how wondrous indeed. So I'm speaking with Ramin Yasari, musician, and uh, songs that we're featuring on this interview are ones that he put the sacred writings of the Baha'i faith into music. The last one that we just played, How Wondrous, is an example of that concept. Now, the next one, Ramin, that you selected is called Ignite. Why don't you tell us about that one? Yeah, so this is another one from that little demo CD. It's called Long Journey. And then I decided to also release some of the demo sessions that had preceded that album. And so I just called it Long Journey Acoustic Demos. So there's a version of this song that is more produced, which I also like. But in the same way that the Osun of the Supreme captured a certain, there's something about recording in the quiet intimacy of your living room that creates its own spirit. So this was from a similar session to the one that my son was singing earlier. It's just guitar and voice. And the passage itself is from a prayer of Baha'u'llah. It's another just short little song, but I think captured a moment that I ended up liking. So this is called Ignite. fire of thy love that its flame may burn up all else except my remembrance of thee this is my highest aspiration mine ardent desire O thou who rulest all things and in whose hand is the kingdom of the entire creation 
thou verily doest what thou choosest. No God is there beside thee. The Almighty, the All-Glorious, the Ever-Forgiving, So, Ramin, I want to thank you so much for sharing your music with us in this hour. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Ramin Yazari, singer-songwriter that puts the Baha'i scriptures to music. You can find links to his music and this interview, along with other interviews, on abahaiperspective.com. You can find this interview on the YouTube channel, A Baha'i Perspective. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes by searching for a Baha'i Perspective. For information specifically on the Baha'i Faith, you can go to the website baha'i.org or you can call the number 1-800-22UNITE. I hope you join me next time on A Baha'i Perspective. This is WXOJLP Northampton, 103.3 FM, your Valley Free Radio station, streaming at www.valleyfreeradio.org.